Welcome to Jeremy from Mac3. It's great to have you here today. Um, the purpose of our catch-up is to have a discussion around some of the business opportunities and challenges you've faced um, during the recent uh, COVID lockdown and recovery. So, how are you today? Oh, very well, thank you. Very well. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Um, just in terms of a, sort of a start of a 10, what was one of the, the positives that came out of the lockdown for you? Um, that I wasn't ready to sell my company, <laughs> to be honest. So prior to COVID, uh, I was getting pretty tired and uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm still here. I'm just curious to understand why, why that is. You know, for a lot of business owners, obviously the, the mental anxiety and stress of managing cash flow and, and, and the people and that during the period was, was really tough. So what's sort of created that motivation to, uh, to dig deep in and grow the business again? To be fair, businesses in Canterbury and in the Canterbury region has been hard for the last you know, five years after the rebuild. Um, there was a, quite a downturn in the economy in the last couple of years, so it has been a bit of a grind. And then the, it felt like the icing on the cake was the COVID for me, myself personally. And I um, had to really dig deep and um, at the, prior to COVID I thought, I was saying to my wife Anna, who also works with me, yes. um, I was tired and I was struggling. And if someone had offered me a, a nice check, I would have considered it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's really intriguing, and, and now you're sort of more motivated than ever to to um, to rebuild the business because everyone, everyone's really suffered, you know, you know, quite significantly through yeah. the period. And you and Anna have um, have dug down, and what, what is it? What's the personal resilience behind that? Um, we're too young to retire. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, uh, maybe I've got a few expensive tastes that I have to fulfil. Uh, kids are still at high school. Um, yeah, so it's better the devil you know than the one that you don't in yeah. business. So, yeah, so um, yeah, I realised pretty quickly I didn't want to uh, uh, sell. Okay. And just in terms of your team, how did that go working from home? You know, how did you engage with them and how did you keep them motivated about work? For us, it was really, really difficult because it happened really suddenly, yes. um, without any notice. So, and because we're a, an engineering company, our guys um, work on the tools. Yes. So, working from home is not an option. Um, they have to. Uh, um, th there's just no other way yes. of, of um, being able to make an income yes. from them. So, it was um, quite difficult in that aspect and how sudden it was. So, um, Anna did a lot of work uh, behind the scenes and we did a lot of online training with our staff. Yes. So, through that, uh, that period of time. Did they have any challenge accessing sort of hardware and, and you know, um, laptops and that to do the training or were you able to supply that or how did, how did you get around that? So what, it was one of the things Anna looked at was how not everybody has a laptop. Yes. So we looked at a training, online training matrix that had, um, was app based as well yes. so you could access it from your cell phone as well as a, a laptop so most people have a smartphone yes. so that wasn't an issue. So this is probably the first time you've used um, such a training online training module for the business? Yeah, it was brilliant actually because um, you couldn't fast track it. They had to go through the module and then there was exam at, at the end and then they had to pass the test on each subject to uh, go forward. Yes. So um, it also um, showed us where it, it was predominantly mainly on health and safety. Yes. Um, and, and COVID, there was yes. some apps on um, training apps on COVID. So it also showed where there was some synergy in the training, and especially in the health and safety sector, where we presumed as owners that our staff knew um, the rules and regulations yes. and, and safety, and where the staff all commonly got things wrong, we yes. were able to re-strengthen that in the, um, when they all came back. 
So as an outcome going forward, having this online training platform will obviously save a lot of time for Anna and yourself in terms of you know, pulling together the materials and policies and that when you can access it from a third party. Yeah, and also um, the COVID has been a really big distraction for a lot of people uh, and staff as well. So um, we're worried that people will be complacent yes. when they come back to work and their mind wasn't on their job. So having them strengthening the health and safety side of our business just reduced that risk. And obviously health and safety is a, a key focus for your business um, as you um, recover from COVID. Yeah, we actually, part of that COVID time, Anna and I worked on our business. We um, worked on relaunching our business for engineering for safety as opposed to um, what it currently is. Okay, and so that's a new focus for the business? Uh, correct, yes. That, um, it's an area where we see we've got growth moving forward. And it's interesting, you know, there's a lot of noise in the market about businesses pivoting and obviously you're an example of that. Um, and obviously with that, there's obviously a lot of investment in terms of, you know, doing your, re, you know, your rebrand and, you know, digital enablement. Have you, have you done any work around um, digital enablement um, during the period in terms of websites and, and, and branding and marketing? We've, we've touched on it. It's, it was really hard yes. um, because you need that external help. And during that lockdown period, you can't actually get a lot of one-on-one. -on -one. Yes. And for me, myself personally, I like to sit down with somebody yes. and go through those options. So a lot of it was worked on behind the scenes. Yes. Um, a lot of our information we already had, yes. we're just gonna have to try and put it all together. That's something obviously you can work on now um, with, as we've moved out of lockdown. Yeah. Just in terms of you talked about staff engagement and, and motivating them, how did you keep them motivated? Because I know for, for us and for many businesses, that was a real challenge. Um, and obviously just even you know, the basic communication on a regular basis. What did you do to, to, to motivate the team and you and Anna? Um, we, well, to be fair, looking back, we could have motivated our staff a lot more. Yes. Um, due to the fact that they were unable to do their tasks on a daily basis, um, for a few of our staff, it was kind of like, if it sounds awful, it was a holiday for yes. them. The only work um, we could offer them was online training. Yes. Um, so to, it was more about motivating them when they came back, yes. um, back to the workshop. And that's quite a mind shift, isn't it, for them, you know, having had sort of six weeks off and then having to come back into work. Anna and I were, uh, when our staff came back, they were all quite refreshed. But for um, Anna and I, we were exhausted because yeah. uh, we we, did, we worked harder than ever before yeah. um, during that period. Yes. Yeah, and obviously Anna and yourself are own operators. You govern the business, you manage it. What sort of support did you have to to help you guys? Because it can be quite a lonely place as a as a business owner. Yeah, being in business, honestly, is quite lonely because. Um, yeah, you feel quite isolated, uh, to be fair. Um, we were, Anna and I were really, really fortunate in the aspect that we have an um, amazing board yes. that we have appointed a, a quite a long time ago. And also um, we had yourself, Matt, yes. uh, from Grant Thornton. And, um, my wife and my wife, who is my business yes. partner, and I were, uh, were able to be, um, share the, the burden together, to be fair, because it's a lot for one person. I'd hate to be a person by themselves in business trying to go for it all alone. It would be terrifying. So if you're giving some advice to other business owners, it's, it's create a support network of people that can share the load and they can just bounce ideas off and, and just discuss some of the challenges that they're facing. 100% and, yeah, positive reinforcement from people that's yes. the most important because it's there's a lot of negative out there so it's having that sort of positive reinforcement from your your peers yes. and network of people 
So how did you manage the communication with your clients during the time? Obviously you've got a wide range of clients across a number of sectors, some from very large clients down to smaller clients. How did that, how did that work for you? Over the, the lockdown period, I found it really, honestly, I found it really, really difficult um, because it brought me back to when we had that earthquake period and stuff and a lot of people were just draw. Yes. Um, so looking back in hindsight, it's amazing. I, I felt I could have communicated a lot more. Yes. I was probably more on my back foot. I was more reserved. I, um, and when I was communicating with a lot of my staff and, and, and clients, um, there was, it, was a, it was more on a personal level than yes. a business level. Yes. So um, yeah, it was quite emotionally draining because everyone's been affected so differently. And that, you know, the conversations I was having with clients was very similar, you know, some of it was, you know, purpose, you know, purposely about the business, but other parts was about just how they were coping and, and managing things. And it was a challenging time for, for people and, you know, just communicating with clients and knowing how much communication, how little, because different people, depending on, on where they were from a mental perspective, you know, what sort of communication, you know, electronic, is it an email, is it a, is it a call, did you sort of have a preference? <laughs> to be honest, it was one of the nicest period, hardly any emails. Yes. Um, so it was the first time ever I was able to hold, keep on top of my emails without having to come in on a weekend and just yes. clear emails. So that, in that aspect it was good. So the majority of my communication was by phone yes. and it was direct mobile to mobile to be fair. And I've also found that clients are you know, more interested in getting on the phone, having a conversation than just communicating via email and obviously you can build stronger rapport with your clients and also understand what's going on just through you know, the tone of the voice and the conversation you're having. So. Yeah. Yeah, it was good, and, and the common conversation was uncertainty. I felt across all my clients' yes. contact was that their uncertainty and, and our uncertainty, yes. and that was the most common conversation, really. And it made it a bit easier to have those conversations. Yeah, it just brought the barriers down, really, because yes. we're all in the same boat. Yeah, we're all in it together was one of the comments that was often sort of bandied around, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, just in terms of your, your customers and clients, you know, has the buying behaviour changed at all? Prior to that lockdown period, we noticed that um, we had a, um, a downturn in sales. Yes. So our business model is quite reactive. So we found that we were quietening down prior to lockdown because um, there was more and more uncertainty. There was more rumours of what New Zealand was going to do. So that had a direct um, effect to our business yes. and our um, pipeline of sales. And that probably made it harder coming into us into the lockdown because obviously if trading had already been reduced, you're working off a lower base in terms of cash flow as well. So, um, yeah, so it's difficult. And you know, a lot of businesses have been you know sort of seeing a slowdown over the last 12, 18 months. You know, not you know not jump off the cliff sort of stuff, but just a, a general a general trending downwards. So, um, your experience is, is similar to many. Do you think customers are more loyal as a result of COVID? And obviously you have a, a number of really, um, you know, a lot of specialist work and you have, you know, some really um, unique relationships. Has that changed there? That's probably one of the reasons why I want to stay in business yes. was that um, I have a, a large handful of clients and the loyalty they have given to me after COVID was phenomenal. It was, um, it was amazing. So um, people finding work for us um, the odd jobs, that yes. type of thing. Um, so that was a, a, a governing factor for me personally to, to fight on, yes. to be fair. That, that, that client loyalty. Yeah, yeah, because you end up becoming, it's, it's more than just a client yes. and customer. It's personal relationships. Yeah. And that's, that's key in business. Have the, you know, just in terms of the purchasing habits, you know, obviously you've, you do a lot of large work but also small work. What, so what's the, what's the change of the dynamics that have gone on in that space? Again, it's um, really, really changed. So 
we had a lot of in our pipeline of sales we had quite a few large projects yes. the, um, the favorite word was called deferred yes. so um, we're, we're busy on small projects and not big projects so um, a lot of our clients it's 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 very reactive yes. and patchy so as opposed to um, projects and tendering and that sort of stuff so it's very reactive so it must make it hard to manage um, from from your point of view and obviously you're heavily involved with the sales and the business and and one of your key roles is, is sales so yeah. um, obviously that means a lot more communication with your clients and understanding what their their plans are I suppose yeah and and with the sales and that is being able to deliver when they need it because yes. there's a lot of um, gaps in the pipeline of yes. supply chain there's, um, with manufacturing companies and construction companies yes. um, with just access to raw materials as well as other companies um, leaning their, their supply um, chain so meaning it takes longer for us to get our items. Yeah, no, you know, with the work I've been doing with you, I've noticed sales were starting to trend upwards again, and then we went into to level two. I know I was getting quite uh, excited until level two. And um, and has that been a, a little bit of a seen a little bit of reduction in, in sales activity? Yeah, we have seen a um, a reduction, uh, and in my opinion, nobody it's uncertainty. Nobody likes uncertainty. Yes. So um, with uncertainty, people don't like to do projects. Um, at this moment for at the current economy just um you know obviously we were talking about you know the cash flow implications of the slowing down and, and that how important was the wage subsidy for for Mac three industries the wage subsidy was amazing yes it really um, we probably wouldn't be talking today if it wasn't for the wage subsidy because yes. um, that was one of the factors that Anna and I had just to cover the wage cost and our our other fixed costs that we have owning a business. And there's a real commitment to your staff to try and keep them employed obviously and you've got they've got families to feed as well so that's always a, a challenge and an extra sort of weight on your shoulders as a business owner. Um, just in terms of managing that cash flow what were some of the things that you did to to help manage it on a in a proactive way? Um, so we um, reduced our, our salary significantly yes. and kept all the money back in the business. So um, Anna and I, we only draw enough to, to survive yes. on. Um, personally, we went on to interest only yes. on our uh, personal house. Uh, we looked at ca um, reducing co fixed costs yes. personally in our own household as well as in the business and where we could do save cost savings. Yes. Um, so one of the um, phenomenal ones was our landlord. Yes. That was one of our biggest fixed costs. So um, we were very fortunate um, to open dialogue with our landlord straight away and um, being uh, one of the, the keys was actually being really transparent and we just showed him where we were at financially. Yes. Um, this t against this time last year. And he was really supportive? Yeah, he was over supportive. He even offered the first few months um, rent free, but because we have our gear and equipment still there and we were deemed as an essential service, um, we, we agreed to be 50-50 and then try and ramp back up to 100%. Yes. And it's interesting, you know, you know, there's a lot of conversation in the media about landlords and some landlords being supportive and, and not being supportive. It sounds like your landlord was really supportive and, you know, one of the keys to that was just that level of transparency um, that you had with them and honesty. And I suppose, you know, is, is it possible to have a win-win for both parties? 
Yeah, well, um, landlords are in business as well, yes. so um, they're just invested that you stay there yes. as, a, as you are staying there and earning the um, earning money for them paying rent. Yes. So. Just in terms of the supply chain for your business, obviously you manufacture lots of different items. Um, have you had any difficulty accessing supply to materials? Uh, especially currently that has slowed down um, getting stuff from out of Auckland. Um, and overall, it is more difficult from overseas as well. There is certain um, areas that it is delays in shipment. So what are you doing to sort of manage manage those um, difficulties? The hardest thing is you've got to be um, proactive. Yes. We haven't, once we've been awarded a tender, we're actually having to um, place all our orders ahead of time to ensure that the, um, the goods arrive at for, uh, to be fabricated. Have you found any ways to, to mitigate some of that investment? Um, being honest and upfront with our clients, so um, you know, um, getting a deposit, uh, progress uh, invoicing has yes. been helpful. Um, people aren't afraid to um, give you do a progress invoice if it means they can secure the items, raw materials before, so there's no delays at the other yes. end. So that, that those um, op there's, there's plenty of ways of yes. um, plenty of options. And it's great if you've got clients that are prepared to help you, and they obviously understand your position as well, and they can put some money down on a deposit just to, to support that. Yeah, we're, we're there in the same boat. Yes, we're all in the same boat. Yeah. So yeah. You mentioned when we were talking about cash flow before that cost reduction was one of the key initiatives you took. What other initiatives did you have in the business during that period? Due to the fact that we had so much um, uncertainty, um, Anna and I, we had to make a decision where we were going to stay in business or not. Yes. Um, and we had to, you have to act quickly. And so one of the, um, the main decision made to stay in business was the fact that Anna worked with yourself, Matt, yes. and um, you guys did a, a daily cash forecast where we worked out all our fixed costs um, each day for the three-month period. And that actually showed us quite scarily how much money was um, going out each uh, during the um, lockdown period. Yes. So um, yeah, that actually made us, it was the only thing that we actually had in business that we were in control of. And so it was a catch 22, you, um, you could actually at least make decisions. That was the only decision you could make yes. was where you were financially and where you're, where, where you're going off, go too far and you have to close. Yeah, because obviously we've done a lot of forecasting longer term, 12 months to 18 months, but yeah. the problem with that is that it all gone out the window, so it was actually just getting back to the basics really and, and understanding exactly what it costs to run your business. Yeah, well we never really have done a daily cost yes. analysis and you've never really had to, so we, um, the secret behind it was um, find out what your fixed costs were and then Anna spent a lot of time trying to reduce those fixed costs. Yes. So how was the only way we can reduce those costs? Yeah, no, definitely. And a lot of businesses, um, you know, that was that was a key for their survival. And, you know, one thing you've touched on with me is that you worked really hard during that period. And we know that some businesses sort of went into hibernation. And how important was it for you to be actively involved in the business daily, you know, during that lockdown period? Uh, it was huge because you had to you had to make a decision and that decision kept evolving because obviously with uncertainty of when we were coming out of lockdown um, we needed to know when um, when when it was time to uh, say close the doors yeah. so for us it, it gave us an understanding of our financial position 
and where we could financially support the company and where, when we couldn't financially support the company. And sort of having learnt lessons around um, lockdown and how quickly we went in, obviously if we went into another lockdown, what sort of things are you doing now to help prepare for that? Well, funny enough, Anna's still carrying on with her daily cash yes. forecast. So the great thing about it was um, we're um, able to see where our wins are now. So we're a lot more, um, not cautious with our spending, but more savvy of where our fixed costs are and what our sales forecast needs to be on a, on a daily, weekly and monthly basis as opposed to waiting until the end of a month, send your invoices out and uh, fingers crossed you made a profit. And just in terms of you know, your clients paying you, how's that been over lockdown? Uh, our clients have been phenomenal. All of our clients, even one-off clients, they've been um, paying straight away. And do you, do you think clients are more empathetic at the moment? Yeah, I think we're all in the same, again, we have, I've said that we're all in the same boat, but yeah, yeah that they need to be paid as well. So, and, and uh, I, I believe, I feel the government's made a good, um, good point to saying that, you know, pay your bills yes. and, and we get through it together. So. And it's kind of a common theme that I'm hearing and seeing in the, you know, with clients I work with that, you know, people are paying quicker than what they did pre-COVID. So I think it is that feeling of o that obligation to, um, to each other and, and that's, um, that's great because you know, everyone does need to better pay their bills on time in order, you know, to survive at the moment. Just in terms of IT systems and that you mentioned that you utilised um, technology for your guys around you know the training that they were doing how, how else did that hold up for them in terms of you know do you have an online platform um, are your systems online or did or did or no we're, we're still very manual so that's brought a um, that into light really so we are, have been looking at options um, the for businesses that um, can re remotely work from home it's yes. fine um, but not every business person has a um, use a laptop for their yes. job um, our guys well use welders and swing hammers yes. so uh, if we if you see if we went back into lockdown again we are be looking at how uh, what other training um, resources that we could use to uh, empower them yes. moving forward based on your recent experiences what would be the three priorities you'd focus on if we went into lockdown again three priorities um, number one would be a daily and weekly and fortnight cash forecast yes. and that 100% because again it's the only thing we have in control of. Yes. Um, everything is else is semi out of control with uncertainty. Yes. So number one would be that. Number two, personal um, well-being yes. because it is stressful and you've got to look after yourself. So, so what sort of tips would you give someone around personal well-being? Get a really good strong support network. Yes positive reinforcing people. Yes. Um, for me, I, I've got into fitness that yes. I, I, I wasn't doing before. Um, find ways to um, get, get rid of the stress yes. um, and talk. Having somebody you can lean on that's got empathy would be quite, um, quite good. And I know that personally you use a coach. How have you found that? Uh, I found that amazing. So um, just for personal development work, for myself personally, um, if it wasn't for my life coach, my wife, who's my business yes. partner, yourself, Matt, yeah. and, and, and my board, I don't think I've been able to get through it as, as happy as I am, yeah, yeah and as positive I, as I am. Just in, in terms of business support, there's been a lot of support from government provided. What support have you accessed? Um, we were able to get the uh, COVID funding 
and we used that with uh, Grant Fawning to do a cash forecast, so that was phenomenal. Um, any other support you've been able to access? Um, we've, we're entitled to the um, COVID um, wage supplement, yes. so um, we've been able to access that twice yes. now. So um, we're going through the process for the third time, yes. third round now. And that's been obviously invaluable, as, as you mentioned earlier, and, and also the IRD's um, small business loans. Did you access that? Uh, yeah, we have um, accessed that. So, and um, yeah, that, that's been phenomenal as well, to be fair. So. Yes. And just with COVID funding, you know, a lot of businesses have been able to use that for just, you know, obviously the, you know, the business cash flow forecasting and um, business continuity planning, but also around digital enablement and marketing. So it's been, it's been really useful for business out there, and I'm glad that, you know, that you guys have, have been able to access it, um, and it's been constructive and useful. Just in terms of the manufacturing sector, have you got any views on how that's tracking in, in Canterbury? Uh, so that's an interesting question. Um it's, it's very varied depending on um, the different sectors. Some um, businesses, they had a strong order book, so they're worrying about the, the, the 21. Yes. Um, some people are coming out of their orders now, and some people directly were affected straight away. So it is very spread. So um, it, it's, I think we're all going to affect it in different times. It's just a matter of when. So what are the key priorities for MAC3 as we move forward um, over the next uh, 6 to 12 months? Um, keys to moving forward would be looking at our cash forecast, yes. um, trying to work on um, enhancement, enhancing our staff, yes. increasing, um, increasing our, trying to increase our pipeline of sales yes. um, and our well-being. And also, you also touched on that pivot or that change in strategic direction into sort of the health and safety sector. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Um, well, it's a, it's a growing sector for ourselves. Um, and so for us, it's, it's where Anna and my qualifications are as opposed to having an engineering company. And so for us, it just makes sense that we're trying to uh, strengthen that side of our business uh, moving forward to help people because that's it's a big topic in itself. So just in terms of health and safety, can you just tell us a little bit more about what, what Mac3 does in that space? So we, um, we're, we're, we're a solutions-based engineering company uh, predominantly, and in the health and safety sector, we're, we're designing safety solutions around manufacturing, predominantly around manufacturing sector, where um, we're integrating perimeter guarding, light curtains, and interlocks and stuff around uh, machinery and conveyors and that sort of stuff. To, to meet the New Zealand and Australian standards. Yes, and do you see that as being a wider opportunity than just locally in Canterbury? Uh, yeah, we are currently working all over New Zealand, so that spreads our um, portfolio throughout the whole country. Just before we wrap up, is there any final sort of observations, suggestions you'd have to other business owners um, that are in the same place as you guys? Um, it doesn't have to be lonely in yes. being in business. Um, have a good network of people around you. Um, um, if you don't have a board or an advisory group, I'd 100% recommend um, seeking for some help. It doesn't always have to cost money. Um, and a, a cash forecast. Oh, well, I think we're just about to run out of time, but thank you for coming along today to share those experiences with us. I know they'll be invaluable for, for other business owners and we look forward to, to working with you in the future. Thank you.